0: Praise God. What a wonderful time of worship that was. Love you, Jesus. Well, I don't know if you're still wishing one another or anybody else a Happy New Year. But we certainly wish it for ourselves, do we not? Uh, But one thing that will guarantee a Happy New Year is if we follow our King Jesus. And I want to speak this morning on being a sheep... Everyone go, bah, brilliant. And having a good shepherd. And um, I said to PJ earlier this morning, I'm not entirely sure how long this word will last, but I think it might be a bit longer than normal. Not too long, don't worry. Do not fret, only causes harm. But I've been in Psalm 23 since mid-December, so I am jam-packed full of the Lord is my shepherd. And... um, My gosh, there's so much comfort in that chapter, isn't there? It's full of comfort. And I think we're very over-familiar with it in many ways. You know, it's read at weddings, it's read at funerals, and for good reason. Because really within that one chapter, it kind of sums up the whole Christian life. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see. Some of us here may have memorised it. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because that could induce all the wrong things. But uh, the words, they're so old in many ways and so familiar and so very comforting. But the fact that they are so familiar in some ways means we can miss the greatness of the truth that's in them. And I think very often the greatest truths are hidden in the simplest verses. And we're so familiar with them, we can miss them. So we're going to delve into Psalm 23 this morning. But I want to start by talking about the nature of a sheep. And then we're going to go on to the nature of the good shepherd. The Lord did not make this comparison by accident. Let me tell you. He didn't haphazardly just choose the sheep uh, instead of a cow or a goat or pig. You know, He he chose the sheep on purpose because actually there's a lot we can learn and be helped by. If we know and accept that we're a sheep that needs a shepherd, not any old shepherd, the shepherd, the good shepherd. So we're going to look at the nature of a sheep, a sheep, the requirements of a sheep, sheep need. They need protection. They need rest. This is physical, natural sheep. They need food. They need water. They need guidance, right? They actually like to be in a flock. Sheep are happiest in a flock. I've done a bit of research on sheep. Occasionally, you'll get an independent sheep that likes to stray. But, however, when they stray and become separated, they end up getting stressed. I'm talking about real sheep now. When they stray and get isolated on their own, they get stressed and they get agitated. And actually, when sheep get stressed, apparently they get depressed. And they actually show signs that are very similar to humans. They will hang their heads. I got sad when I read that. You know, if ever you see a sheep hanging its head in a field, poor thing. It needs some other sheep. It needs to be in a flock. Sheep need sheep. Just say that to the person next to you. There's a revelation for you this morning. Sheep need sheep. They're safest and happiest in a flock. Sheep also need a shepherd. Now, just imagine you knew you needed a shepherd, but God was not available. What a terrible thought. And imagine this then, you had to advertise for a human shepherd, a human being to take his place, who would actually take up the role and lead your life. I actually think we'd all have some pretty similar criteria (coughs) of what we would be looking for, (coughs) excuse me, in a person that was going to lead our lives. First of all, you'd want to know absolutely they're good. If we could have the first one, right? You'd want to know they're good. You would want to know they've got your best interests at heart, would you not? They're going to do you good and they're looking for your highest good. You'd also want to know that they're wise, they're capable. Savvy is a word I thought of. Shrewd. They know how to do things. They know what to do, how to do it. They know how to deal with people. Come on now, because this person is going to be leading your life. You want to know they yes. you know, they can deal with situations, they can deal with people. You'd want to know they're capable. Yes. Yes. Really, you know, they might know what to do, but can they do it? Yes. Can they turn their hand to anything? Can they problem solve? Yes. And finally, surely, you'd want to know they're reliable. If they say they're going to do something, they'll do it. If they, they say they're going to be somewhere, they'll be there. Yes. Yes. Is Our God, not all those things, and much, much, much more. You could probably add a few more to that list, but I think, personally, they're the first four, the four priorities of what I would want in a shepherd, and of what he, in fact, is infinitely. And I just picked out two scriptures, Um, You could pick out so many scriptures that tell us that he is all those things and more, but we're just going to look at Psalm 147, verse five says this, great, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Meditate on that. Make a note of the reference because wow, his understanding is infinite of you of your circumstances, of your history, of your present, of your future and everything else in this world. Yes. It blows your mind. He understands our thoughts from afar. He's acquainted with all our ways. He knows it all. Wow. Second scripture, the Lord is compassionate. He doesn't just know it all and understand it all. Ah. Oh. He's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. How wonderful is he? Infinitely good, infinitely wise, infinitely capable, infinitely reliable. Great is his faithfulness. And can I put it to you this morning, don't forget we're advertising for a position here. He is the only one fit To shepherd our lives. The only one qualified for the job. If I can put it like that. So we're going to go straight into Psalm 23. And we'll start with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. We could just stop there. Everything actually the world wants is, is comfort and provision and shelter and rest. Sense of well-being. Well, gosh, he offers it. We don't always recognize what that is, however. This is a problem. And we can fill up, if you're talking about a green pasture, he leads us to green pastures because he wants us to feed. But we don't always recognize what good food is. And can I put it to you this morning, the temptation so often that can dip over into wrong choices, we fill up on the wrong stuff. We eat junk food, if I can put it like that. We fill up on everything the world offers. And then we wonder why we're so spiritually weak and miserable. Isaiah 55 verse 2 says this. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread? and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your, let, you see, we can do or not, it's always choice. Let your soul delight itself in more than enough. That's what he gives. He wants healthy, happy sheep, but it very much depends on our diet. We all get to pick what we eat physically. We also get what we get to pick what we eat spiritually. And if we refuse what he offers to eat, let me put it to you like this. Even he can't stop us being hungry. Even he can't stop us from being in want. This is what these 21 days are about. Really to recommit ourselves to him and to refocus on him and his call on our lives. Letting him feed us and letting him lead us. Green pastures, still waters. That's the heart of God. Verse three, he restores my soul. <clears throat> we need that because stuff happens and we get hurt. But he restores our soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, when we walk on that path of righteousness, it's good for us. His peace increases. Every benefit and blessing are on that good path his chosen path of right ways, path of righteousness. But have you thought it's also good for him when we walk on that path of righteousness? Because it represents him well. It's good for his reputation. If we go off that path of righteousness, we lose our peace first. Very quickly, we lose our joy. And we end up sad and mad and a little bit like that sheep you know, with its head hanging down. That condition reflects pretty badly on him. And non-Christians look at us and think, hmm, not a lot positive about being a Christian then. They're pretty much like the rest of us, stressed and negative, and they have to go to church on a Sunday, you know? Come on. We don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm sure you don't want to do that. I want people to look at my life and say, What is it about her? She goes through stuff, but she goes through well, you know? She's bright, she's positive. He's bright, he's positive. We all want real help. We want the real comfort, and we want the real provision. And we want our Jesus to make a real difference to our lives. And that is what the world's looking for, actually. They're looking to see the real, are they not? Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says, we're his ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal to the world through us. And he is. And we don't go through, a, you know, we don't live in a bubble, do we? We do go through tough times. Sometimes some really tough times. But if we go through with him, reaching for him and believing the things he tells us, we will go through different. And we will come out well. Verse 4, you'll know it, says this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How remarkable is that? To even think that you could have a future where each day you do not fear any evil, that would be a remarkable life. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, there was a time in my life... um, where my marriage broke down and my husband left, and I actually thought I was going to break down myself. And I sat with this Psalm 23. I was thinking about this driving in. You know how the Jews, they put something over their heads, prayer shawl, at the wailing wall, and they rock. I was like that with Psalm 23, day and night, night and day. Four months, let me tell you. He restored my soul. But the reason that happened is because I literally... I literally believed each line of those six verses was from him to me. As if it was a letter that he had signed personally. And that he would personally see to it that he would fulfill every single promise in that verse. I came to faith. And let me tell you, he has and he will. I became convinced of it. It changed me from the inside out but you've got to sit with it like the sheep in the green pasture and read and feed until a little bit like those old-fashioned coffee percolators, drip, 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 it starts to come through into real faith and real comfort and a real deep down knowing. That's it. Yes, he will. Because he said it. He's promised it. As if he'd written the letter to you personally and signed his name. Now, praise God, we don't live in permanent crisis. We go through them. We don't live there. But there's always enemies, are there not? There are always challenges in some area of life, uh, you know, in some department of life in one way or another. And verse 5 says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So in the very presence of your enemies, all the stuff that's difficult and challenging, there's a table. There's an offer. He will never force feed. But there it is. And the things on that table, if we will eat them, they will make us strong. They will make us wise. They will get into our heads and change our thinking and our speaking. And if we stick with it, faith will come. That supernatural substance that the world can't give is it's a gift. But if we stick with it, faith comes, light comes in the darkness. You start to believe, by my God, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. He's a shield to those who trust in him. He'll give me the necks of my enemies. Yes. Yes. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. It starts to come real, you know, the real... McCoy faith that makes all the difference but of course he's not just for tough times praise God our Jesus is for every day of the week and every day of the year and as you all know I've just had a birthday and thank you for your amazing generosity and kindness to me I had a lot of fun I have to say I got some birthday money, and you know, when the money's not coming out of your account, it's just quite fun shopping, isn't it? I did some, this Bobby Dazzler ring is one of my purchases, and um, yeah, thank you, I just enjoyed myself a lot, but every time I went to buy, so I bought five things, wow, every time I went to buy something, genuinely, I'd do this internal check, Lord, should I be buying this? Because... <sighs> Let's face it, we love stuff, you know? Most people do. We're always up for another one of it, something. And um, you can end up paying and still paying for something. You can't even remember what it was or where it is, you know? Like, is this a wise buy? Is this a good buy? Or should I not even be bothering with this? It's a good question. And it's like this internal check. I always think when I'm shopping... Not just shopping, this is a scripture for life, but it's also a very good scripture for shopping. (laughs) Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your steps. So, look, this internal check before I went to the till. Ha, Lord, should I? Is this a green or a, a red light? There's a scripture, Colossians 3, I think it's verse 15, and it says, Let the peace of God rule your hearts. And actually, in the Amplified, it says, let the peace of God be the umpire. Well, when we think of an umpire. It decides whether it's in or out. That's what peace does. It tells you whether it should be in or out. If you have peace, you're in. You can buy in peace. No peace, don't do it. Yeah. It might look great. Yeah. It might promise all sorts of things. Don't go there. Yes. Because he knows. He's the shepherd. He knows what's best. Oh my goodness, if we could all all learn this year and really, really learn this, not to be wise in our own eyes. It's a big thing, that, not to think you know best. To have this wonderful, well, we do have this wonderful counsellor, but to reference him. What are you saying, Lord? So step one, first of all, we need to humble ourselves and listen. I mean, really ask the question, what are you saying, Lord? Humble yourself and listen. Verse 25, uh, sorry, Psalm 25, verses 9 to 10 says this. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Now, there are two things revealed in those verses, right? Right. First of all, you need to hear it. And secondly, you need to do it. Trust him and follow. Step two, it leads on to step two. So, step one, we humble ourselves and we listen. Step two is let him lead, let him make the decisions. Trust him enough, you know? Trust his choice more than your own. So when he says no, trust him. Yes. And when he says yes, do it. Go. Trust him with that as well. Our flesh doesn't like it. None of our flesh likes it. It is painful for the flesh. The flesh doesn't like letting him decide. You know? Of course we know. But I, I wrote this down. Pick your pain. Because I tell you what, ha! Huh? there can be the small pain of the no to the flesh in the moment, but it's over and done with pretty quickly. You might have a bit of a pity party and a whinge. We need to grow out of that. You know, there, is, there can be this internal, or you can be smiling and praise the Lord on the outside, but there can be that mm, on the inside that the Lord is wanting to work out of all of us. But anyway, flesh, it just doesn't like it, but it's a small thing. Best to get it over with quick. Or the second pain, which is much greater, has far more consequences, is far longer lasting. Potentially, it can go on for weeks, months, years, a lifetime even with some decisions. And I just celebrate so much that God loves us enough not to leave us on our own. He loves us too much to leave us to our own stupid choices. I praise God for conviction. I praise God for him cutting across my will and saying, "Mm mm-mm, or you need to sort that. You need to sort yourself, whatever it is. Now, I'm going to look at the how. How then? How do you get him to be your shepherd? Think about what I've just said. How do you get him to be your shepherd? The good news is we don't have to. He's already volunteered for the job. He's available to every single one of us. Not only available, but able, capable. He already is our good shepherd. So he doesn't need to change. We're the ones who need to do the changing. And really, we need to, if we could go back to that previous slide, it's step one and step two humble ourselves listen and then let him lead the outworking of this though because it has to work out in just the nitty-gritty of life doesn't it like me in the shop should i shouldn't i what are you saying Um, it's proverbs 3 i've already quoted it but proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not or don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If we committed to doing that one verse this year, yes. Yes. we would have a remarkable year. Yes. We would see the hand of God on our lives and our circumstances more than ever before. Like things would, ju- I'm not saying everything would be perfect and without challenge, but it would. Or turn to the good. He'd take us through and bring us out on top, let me tell you. But we got to get into the habit of that. On a, You know, in all our ways, in all our days, acknowledge him. Yes. Yes. I have learned and continue to learn not to trust myself. <laughs> let me put it like that. I do some stupid things at times, like you, and um, possibly more. But, you know, like... We're always full of thoughts and reason on things. I'm not saying it's always wrong, but check out if it matches his thinking on things. I think, I think, I feel, I feel. Honestly, I think we rely on feelings far too much as well. The I thinks and the I feels, but I really feel. (laughs) What are you saying? What's your word on this? What's your light on this? And you know, in the course of a day, my gosh, if you think about your own emotions, you know, other days are a little bit more stable than others, but some days, my gosh, you know, you get out of bed happy, I hope. Maybe not, some days. But still, you can start off, let's say you start off well, it's a good day, you're feeling quite chipper, and um, something happens. Oh, that was irritating. And happy turns to possibly mad, depending on the level of it. And as the day progresses, then you become sad. But then something else happens and you cheer up and you get glad again. But then at the end of the day, you remember what happened in the morning and you get mad again. (laughs) Right? Is it not like that? Yes, of course it is. We're human. (laughs) However, really, we cannot trust our emotions. We certainly can't make decisions based on them. You know, we cannot. I've learned not to be reactionary like that. I can't trust myself. And neither can you trust yourself. Um, Circumstances push, do they not? So often, circumstances push us to make a decision. You have to. You have to. You have to. You can't not. I'm not saying circumstances aren't real and, and don't talk, and you know, there's real stuff that has to be worked out, but we can't be pushed even by them. Lord, what are you saying? Yes. Okay, I feel in a tight corner with this. I feel as though I have to. It's looking like I have to. People are telling me I have to, but what are you you saying? Proverbs eight, it talks about wisdom standing at the crossroads where the paths meet. You know, when you've got a decision to make. And various directions you could go. Lord, what are you saying? He's a savior. He's a wonderful savior. He's an amazing rescuer. Let me tell you, when we make the wrong choices, he's amazing and brilliant at getting the shepherd crook out and getting us out of a ditch. However, isn't prevention better than cure? Oh, come on. If we will incline our ear at that crossroads, I think it's Psalm 19 says, speaking about the words of God, by them your servant is warned and in keeping them there's great reward, great reward. There will be mountains and valleys this year for all of us. There just will because that's what happens in the course of a year. And this world is in a very fragile place, is it not? unstable you know there's the war in the Middle East and now you know it's expanded to the Yemen I was horrified as I'm sure you were to hear I think it was on Thursday was it Thursday or Friday about these strikes in the Yemen and we were chatting about it and actually PJ said to me whilst the media are playing it down essentially we're a nation at war now this is big you know my gosh we need to hear the voice of the shepherd more than ever before what are you saying Lord our shelter and provision will come from him if we will listen and take the route you know the economy things will get more expensive highly likely what are you saying Lord where are you leading Lord I don't want to take a foot wrong not even half a step you know If we will listen, he'll lead us. But if we refuse to listen, essentially we are refusing his care. And I know none of us want to do that. None of us in our right mind would want to do that. But we do it by default. If we don't listen, sit with the word and let him speak. So really my encouragement to you this year is make the quality decision to let him shepherd you through. It's not complicated. We can all do it. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice and follow me. We're going to look, nearly finishing with John 10, verses one to four. Very truly, I tell you Pharisees. Interesting he was speaking to the Pharisees. They're the ones that cared more about the outside than the inside. (laughs) Anyone who does not, Enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs it in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out, when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow because they know his voice. Now remember, you're a sheep. You know his voice. You know the voice of the shepherd. You can hear it and you can recognize it. But let me say this. The more you read the word, the more you recognize the voice. Yes. Yes. You know, when you're out and about in your normal life, the more you read the word, and I, you know, Sometimes you're reading stuff, you don't even understand it. Oh, it doesn't even relate to your life at that moment. I encourage you to keep going until you find something that does. Psalms is brilliant for that. But it's a living book. And when you sit with it, you sit with the author as well. Yes. And even if it is still a bit of a mystery, it does you good to read because what you're doing is getting familiar with the voice. So when you're out in your ordinary day and he speaks, it's like, oh, I know that voice. And you also get more familiar with the counterfeit. That's what they do with money, isn't it? To know the counterfeit, they study the genuine. And um, you know, so when you hear a voice, or so, oh, somebody says to you, you, "Look, look tired. You need a holiday. Oh, I've just had one. Where well, you need another." You should take a month off. You ever been to the Canary Islands? Lovely there. Well, I can't afford it. Put it on your credit card. Oh. Personally, that wouldn't tempt me, but maybe it would tempt some of you. But it's like, oh, well, hang on a minute. Nice as that sounds. Uh, mm, it doesn't sound like my shepherd. It doesn't sound like his voice. And so you know, the more we more we read the book, the more we recognise the voice. Because there are count of it shepherds. There are so many voices competing for our attention. Yeah. So many. I mean, if we could count them, I don't even know. We, we'd lose count because we're not even aware of the voices that are influencing us at times. You know, the people that you know personally, through the media, through social media all of them competing for our attention. If they get in your head, they can start to shape how you think and how you feel and even what you want and the course you take. If they don't agree with, I'm not saying it's all wrong, but if they don't agree with the shepherd, or Jesus said they're thieves and robbers, they may be offering to give you something, but for sure they will end up taking from your life. There is only one good shepherd. Essentially, I know you know it, but my gosh, we need to really keep him before us. Let him lead. Psalm 16, verse 8 says, in fact, we sang about it earlier. I've set the Lord always before me. I shall not be moved. And the heart of God for you this year, if you want to know what it is, is green pastures, still waters. Now, your green pasture may be in the middle of trouble But listen to the miracle of the Christian life, right? We can have discomfort on the outside, but comfort within. Wow. We can be in the middle of challenge, proper challenge, and yet be just calm and quiet. Still water's on the inside here. The table is set before us always in the presence of enemies. But if we will take and eat... We will become strong, we will become wise, we will know what to do, and we will have his ability to do it. And so I'm gonna finish, it's a daily choice. You're not gonna fall into this, this won't happen uh, without you purposing in your heart and head to do it. We have to do it on purpose. We trust on purpose. We follow on purpose. It's a conscious choice. You've actually got to make an effort to trust because it's cutting right across your flesh. Uh, We have to choose to do it. Your flesh, like mine, is against trusting. But the amazing thing is, you know, it's Galatians 5, isn't it? Do the right thing, you won't do the wrong thing. If you make the decision to, that's it, I'm trusting him. I've heard him, I'm trusting him, and I'm going to act with confidence on what he's told me to do. And we can. I'm not talking about a blanket trust either. Because you could even ask—you know pop down the road, pop into Sainsbury's and come across a, not a nominal Christian, but a, somebody who's a Christian in theory, but not the real thing. Not born again, you know, not had the change. There's still a goat on the inside, not a sheep, put it that way, right? And you could say to them, do you trust God? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm trusting him for this year. Da, 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 da. It's that's like a blanket trust. Trusting him comes really because we got to do it as a daily thing, from a word for today. Like if we were go, to go around the room, what are you trusting him for today? What are you trusting him for right now? Hmm. And so we have to, we have to get something from him each day. I know you know this, but we have an enemy that's so dead against it. It is remarkable what happens, isn't it? When you make a decision, I'm just going to go and have my time with the Lord. The phone rings or starts beeping and flashing. Something cracks off with one of your kids. You get so unusually tired. Or I suddenly feel quite peckish. I'll just go and rustle up and then you get distracted and off you go. Or that job that you've managed to put off all day suddenly becomes very urgent. I really must trim my fingernails right now. I cannot possibly give it another 20 minutes. Isn't it like that? And he's he's just wanting to throw. It's like a walk in the gauntlet. Is that the right word? Or like Harrison Ford back in those films, you know, all these things, pit of snakes, rolling bump. Bomb- what it about b- Boulder, Boulder, I'm seeing it, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's like that, it's like I will get to my place, because I'm feeding so that he will lead me, that is his voice is the most important voice in my day, and my life, and I, I will go, because the exchange is wonderful, it's truly wonderful what happens when you really just get with him. And you hand over all your worries. We were singing it earlier. All the angst that comes against your soul. You hand it over. You hear him speak. If at that point you choose to believe him. My gosh the peace that comes. The peace that surpasses all understanding. It's unreasonable because nothing's changed yet. In your circumstances. But that then will guard your heart. And your mind. We need that. Every one of us in this room so desperately needs that. So I'm going to invite you to stand. Um, I've decided not to, (laughs) what a comment, I've decided not to read the Bible in a year this year. Um, I've done it for two years running and it's been amazing to really, to go from cover to cover and get the whole overview and read books that I don't normally read and just get more familiar with the whole book. Uh, But it has been quite a challenge and if you miss a day, you've got like eight chapters to read and it's like you end up speed reading. I'm like, no, this shouldn't be as it is. I'm not saying it's wrong but you need to know the Lord's called you to do that. But I have decided I'm just going to hear the Lord really about what to what to read and at the moment I'll tell you I'm reading through the book of John and I also read a proverb every day and occasionally I might read a psalm but I'll sit with it and I'll feed and I do a devotional okay you do what's right for you but we have to sit with the word and we must I so want to if I could come around and say this to each one of you personally, ring fence your time. Yes. You know, it, a lot of us are so busy, but don't push him out, because in pushing him out, you push out all the good things that he wants to give you in the moment, but also prepare you for in the future. So my question to you this year is will you let him be your shepherd? Really, you know, remember you are a sheep. Somebody will shepherd you if it isn't him. Just think of that. Don't think you won't be led if you don't let him lead. You certainly will be led, just not by him. And every other shepherd's a bad shepherd. Jesus said it and he knows. So will you let him decide the route? Will you let him decide the pace? Will you let him decide the company you keep? Because that's influential. Friends are influential, whether we think it or not. Proverbs, I think it's 12, verse 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Some of us maybe could change our lives by changing our friends. I just put that out there. If we let him lead, we will experience, oh, his care and comfort like never before. No one can lead like he can. No one can help like he can. He's a wonderful shepherd. We don't have to fear any evil because he is with us. What a wonderful thing that is. You don't have to feel it. believe it because the Word says so and that's it but let me tell you the more you believe it your feelings catch up he's with us he's for us he wants you happy and well he wants you more than any other person in your life and even more than you to have a happy 2024 but you're a sheep and you need a shepherd. So if we could just close our eyes and I want to invite you to pray, to speak to your shepherd. Because you know, I find this amazing as much as it's amazing that we can hear his voice. I just, the other night, I just sat there. I was amazed he hears my voice. I just was staggered by that thought. Right now, he's hearing my voice. Right now, he's hearing your voice. So please pray. Don't miss this opportunity just to talk to him and say, Jesus, I want you to be my good shepherd. I choose you to be my good shepherd. I want to humble myself. And I don't want to say to you, I'm committing to hear you. I'm committing to listen to your voice because I want to hear your voice more than any other. You should just speak to him. be a long prayer, just needs to be a sincere prayer. I just want to share this. You can keep your eyes closed, but when I was praying on Friday night into this, I just prayed. I said, Lord, you know, there's times when there's these blockages and we just can't see a way. We want you to be our shepherd. We want your will, but somehow we just cannot see how to do it. Almost how to fit it in. And the Lord said to me, "If the heart yields, light will come. Like you yield your heart and he'll sort out the practical. And straight away this verse came to me in Psalm 97 verse 11, "Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart, right? So basically, if your heart is good and right, even though at the moment you might not be able to see a a way, he is gonna light up the way like an airport runway. The light will come down and you will see how to do it. Somehow, he will find a way to lead you through. When you can't get it with your head and you keep this like your head is hitting a wall, I just can't see a way, I just can't see how, I just don't have the time, I just don't have the money, I just don't have the energy, I just don't have says, yield your heart, light will come. I'll show you. I'll show you the way. And step two is to say, okay, then Lord, I trust you. I just trust you for the days and the weeks and the months as they stretch out ahead of me. I trust you for every single day. And I commit to following you. I want to encourage you. If this is real and from your heart, just tell him. I'm committing to follow you. I'm committing to let you lead, to allow you to be my good shepherd. I'm going into this with my eyes wide open. I know it's going to hurt my flesh at times, but I still choose to follow you, King Jesus, because you're the only one fit to rule my life. Just speak to him now. Jesus, you're the only one qualified. Infinitely good, infinitely capable, infinitely reliable. You're a wonderful shepherd. You're a wonderful saviour. You're a wonderful friend, Jesus. There's no one like you. You're the best of the best. Thank you. You've given us a wonderful life. Oh, for sure. There's valleys, and for sure there's dark times, but you'll lead us through. And we want to thank for being a good shepherd, intrinsically good, intrinsically kind. You're better than we ever know. You're a faithful friend. You're the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I want to honor you, Lord. I want my life to honor you. I want to walk on your path of righteousness for your name's sake, though we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You lay a table before us, Lord, in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil, our cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell forever in your house with you, Jesus. We wanna honor you this morning. We have honored you. Lord, this is going to now play out in the days ahead, but we just want to give you some more words. Just going to take a song and we're just going to worship him, precious saviour, wonderful shepherd. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your leadership, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving enough not to leave us on our own. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.